0: Good day, good folks. You are listening to talk that keeps you woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Pot Liquor Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I make up one half of Pot Liquor, I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Pot is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson, Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Well, hello. How are you? How was your week?
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. I am well. My week was good, busy as usual. And how was yours?
0: It was productive trying to get my students motivated, um, i'll keep them motivated coming down to the end of the semester, but all good here. Um so welcome to Pot liquor podcast and those of you who have been with us know we start our show off with the wow of the week and this comes from bayard rustin let us be enraged by injustice but let us not be destroyed by it basically he's saying you know We live in under conditions which we, you know, struggle is necessary and uh, we can be enraged by it, but it shouldn't kill our spirit or soul. We should keep thriving and moving on as a people and just as individual human beings. Um, So I know it's tough and difficult, uh, you know, things to deal with, but he wants you to stay steadfast and try to compartmentalize things so you don't get stressed out. What say you?
1: I agree, and I think one thing uh, Bayard Rustin is reminding us of here is that injustice can destroy you because it causes anger, and anger, if it's not channeled in a positive manner, it can literally kill you, but anger in itself is not always a bad thing. We know that Jesus turned over the tables in the temple, (laughs) And he, he was angry as well. I think righteous indignation can serve as a catalyst to make things better for everyone. And I think that is what Bayard Rustin was trying to get us to see. Mm. Words of wisdom indeed.
0: Yeah, so our wow for the week is let us be enraged by injustice, but let us not be destroyed by
2: And let us move on.
0: All right. So, our first plug of today is a product, and I guess is a product service, is Lifetime Fitness. I'm back in the gym. Um, I just joined Lifetime Fitness. It's a beautiful gym, has beautiful equipment and all kinds of different things that you can utilize to get your body uh, back in shelf- shape or just remain healthy. You know, um, conditioning and a lot of different things it has, like a, a stretching station where they actually have people there to stretch you out um, uh, pre and post workout. They have this cryo chair, a cryo lounge, they call it. It's two chairs and the chair goes hot and cold. Um, You program it where you want it hot and cold on your body. Then they got a massage chair. Um, They have the normatic legs. Um, That's the big sleeve you put on your legs and it, it compresses. And then decompresses and compresses to help you with blood circulation. So mm-hmm. they have all of that activities for no extra cost. The only extra cost is the Pilates class, and I did, <laughs> I did take the uh, the free Pilates first. And I'm telling you, everybody out there, if you want to strengthen your core, I don't care how much it costs, join Pilates because it's gonna work muscles that you may haven't worked in decades and you're going to be like, "Oh, I got a muscle there." All right, so check it out, Lifetime Fitness.
1: I go to Planet Fitness. But is this all of that stuff is included in the uh the membership fee or just Everything
0: except the Pilates. Pilates. The Pilates classes are are more money. Uh, I'm impressed
1: because I've never heard of having people that actually help you to stretch stretch and it's no extra charge. That's yeah.
0: That's- you have, you have to book it and it's a half an hour stretch Wow! and they put you on a table and they, you know, stretch you out. You know, um, they have all these different foams and things that you can use, uh, that they utilize to help you, you know, stretch out and they, you got to book it before you work out and then after you work out. So you got to time your workouts to make sure that you uh, you finish on time. But well, how
1: much is your membership? It's a lot. <laughs> you know, because they actually have a chain. Of, yeah. They actually have a chain of uh, just the stretching there's centers that just do stretching and you pay for it's kind of like the massage envy but it's just stretching Mm -hmm. and you pay for the session so that's a great value actually
0: yeah they they i'm satisfied. what i pay i think is definitely worth it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i'll be honest with you it's a big gym it has 50 treadmills um of 50 like 30 ellipticals and like 25 stairmasters, so it's a huge gym. Um, right. to work out, then they have the different studio rooms, they have yoga, they have Pilates, they have cycling, they have bar, um, they have strength training, weightlifting you name it, they have it. Um, and they have pickleball two courts, which is the new sensation that's you know, um all over the world it's for people who don't play tennis well um, <laughs> that and I'm serious, but it's the exercise because when i took tennis lessons when i tell you that is an exercise it works your obliques and it tell works your it. legs and your core That's yeah. that's you know a good but everybody can't play tennis but pickleball is a little different it's like a paddle but the ball is kind of like a wiffle ball
1: did I ever tell you that I actually bought two pickleball sets? Because I had these dreams of me playing with my family, the four of us, like doing doubles. <laughs> because pickleball to me is like a cross between ping pong and tennis. Yeah. And I play, I try playing tennis too. It's hard on the knees because it's a lot of pivoting and all that. Yeah. And my knees, I can't I can't take it. So yeah. I wanted to get into the pickleball, but I, so I bought the little sets with the, you know, the balls and the the paddles, uh-huh. but we haven't played yet. But I'm looking forward to doing that. But, mm. you know, regardless of how much you pay for your membership, I think it's money well spent because yeah. you do have to prioritize your health.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: I just I, I just don't want folks knowing my business.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can we look, we can look it up. We're going to Google it.
0: Yeah, you can do you can do <laughs> We're that. Just
1: gonna Google it.
0: You can do that. Yeah,
1: you, but it's you, money well spent, so
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And let us move on. So oh, it's moving. See, we have a theme going
0: here <laughs> yeah so we're back with our first star you know i used him in the words of wisdom because we were going to talk about uh Bayard rustin today so um for those of you who don't know this is a man that was very instrumental in the march on washington he was very instrumental in the civil rights movement uh but he was put to the back because of his sexuality um, mm-hmm. And so at that time, I think he was born in 1912, and he actually got arrested because it was a time where homosexuality was illegal. Um, And he got, I think, I wanna say in California, maybe it was San Francisco, that he got thrown into jail for two months for a lewd act with a gentleman um, in a parking lot. Um, I say all this today because times have changed, as everyone knows. Uh, but this guy was a pioneer and I guess, you know, he didn't get the great uh, rewards or uh, wh- what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Accolades. Um, uh, I think he got the
0: accolades, but he didn't get the uh, like the fame, I guess the notoriety. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. He didn't get the notoriety that he deserved at the time in the Obamas uh, producing the. I believe it's a documentary or a movie out that is out about him.
1: I think it's actually uh gonna be uh broadcast on Netflix on November 17th. I'm looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, so um
1: they had that Netflix deal the Obamas, right?
0: Uh I'm not sure yeah, about that. A, yeah. I know they said that they were the ones that were uh, producing
1: the producing documentary.
0: The, the doc- is, it, is it a documentary?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so it's a doc. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that also. Um, but yeah, he, he, he got
1: the medal of freedom from Obama. Um,
0: yeah, he did. He, mm-hmm. he got a, he did a lot of things. Um, they iced Gosh, him out. Cause there was a lot of people that spoke out against him, like Adam Clayton mm-hmm. Powell, Malcolm, you know, yeah. during that time, um, uh, understanding the context then you know, um, I don't know if we can forgive those folks um I mean everything is forgivable I guess uh, well almost everything is forgivable so um he he faced it he faced it he faced a lot of um pushback mm-hmm. um, even though he was working on behalf of uh black folks and then you know he wasn't huge on the black power movement, you know, he was more, um, assi- an assimilator, um, but for equal rights and justice. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like the tactics of like Stoke- Stokely Carmichael, um,
1: or Malcolm X.
0: Yeah, he he felt that everything should be nonviolent and there shouldn't be this thrust of a black power movement um i remember researching doing research in in the phd program Mm -hmm. and one of the white scholars that was speaking out against black protests she used bayard rustin as support in the new york times article and i remember like i said this is just conjecture it's nothing this is just this man's opinion. about the black power movement so Mm -hmm. he he has you know they said he had contradictions um but uh i think he's getting his just due now
1: yes i would say so getting a lot of attention um with people coming out with movies books about him much like um, how, you know, at first Martin Luther King was not really revered by a lot of people when he was alive. Um, uh, he he faced, as you said, with Bayard Rustin, a lot of opposition um, and a lot of pushback with his nonviolent uh, movement. But, wait, wait, you know.
0: You, you, you think that King got a lot of a lot of people
1: yeah he was not loved by a lot of people I mean a lot of the clergy at that time thought that he was a troublemaker and he needs to just chill out I mean yeah I think he received a lot of pushback I mean he basically had. I mean I think
0: he received pushback but I I don't think it was the majority like he
1: was not beloved by many and it was only after his death that he started to get his just due just like Bayard Rustin I think you know, and people don't often get the credit that they deserve while they're living, but I think history will e- eventually embrace them as being, you know, being. Uh, got the change Nobel, makers King and. Got the Nobel for for
0: he got the peace Nobel Peace Prize.
1: Well, yeah, and Bayard Rustin got uh, the Medal of Freedom but from way Obama. A- yeah, way
0: that's way yeah. after though. He got. Right. It. King got it while he, he was alive.
1: But he still was not beloved by many people. You know that, right?
0: No, I, I mean, he clashed with, with, he clashed I think with Malcolm. He, I
1: How think do you he, disagree with no, no, the no, fact?
0: No, it's not a fact because the word you're using, it seems like it's a majority where there were people who pushed back against him, but I think there were far more people who beloved him. And he started, he helped organize and galvanize a movement across the country. So I do. I do. I'm not disputing that people didn't uh, like some of the clergy and even some of the white clergy and yeah. Malcolm X okay. spoke out against King. But right. I don't think that was the majority. That's what I'm saying.
1: So you're saying a majority uh, gave pushback to Bayard Rustin?
0: I think the public didn't even really get a chance to know Bayard Rustin because people within inside the movement stifled his voice.
1: He was most notably um, his
0: leadership I guess
1: most notably the architect basically behind the march on Washington.
0: Yeah, I said that.
1: oh yeah so he organized that so he that's I mean to me he was very very effective. that was a actually a very that was that was like a seminal seminal moment in civil rights. History, so that was a they didn't you know, let a very speak, impactful, right? But yeah. to me, you can. That's the thing. You don't always have to be out in front to have a significant impact. You know, oftentimes the people behind the scenes are the ones moving and shaking and actually moving the needle. So, but he
0: want, he, I'm not saying he that category. I, I'm not saying he wanted to be in front front out front, but he didn't volunteer to be pushed back. He was pushed back because of his his homosexuality. Um, And that was clear. Um,
1: Well, I think, well, that's one way to look at it. But I look at it as he got pushed back because he was impactful in the civil rights movement and they used the homosexuality to sort of for the pushback, you know, they use that because I'm he was as a civil rights. Leader. I'm talking about
0: black folks in the civil rights movement,
1: right? You don't think they used the homosexuality to try to discredit him and try to no,
0: not discredit him. They steal didn't want his shine they or, they felt that that would discredit the movement. the
1: movement. Okay, right,
0: and so they was just like keep him in the background.
1: And, and and that's the irony of it, though, because he was very significant—a significant, you know, con- contributor to the movement, despite whatever they thought about his homosexuality. That's the irony to me. If, it's like this man organized the March on Washington, which is a seminal moment in our history, especially with the Civil Rights Movement. And you worried about his homosexuality?
0: You yeah, see what well, I'm see, okay, hold on, like.
1: That's how I look at it.
0: The way you expressed it Mm -hmm. is 2000-ish, 1990-ish. It's not 1960-ish. So, yeah, they were concerned about that back then. Uh, They definitely were. Um, And we don't know how well he could have done a lot for the gay community at that time if he had spoke up. If they allowed him to do so, so you're saying they're worried about it? Absolutely, they were. And I, what I'm trying to say at that time, and that's be that was before I was born, at least. Um, at I think you too, you know. Yeah, the march on Washington was 63, right?
1: Yeah, before I was born, yeah, before right? Before
0: we both were born. And at yeah. that time, yeah. That 50, 40s, 50s, and 60s were homosexual. I mean, even when we were growing up in the 70s, it was a lot of people still in the closet. Like
1: I know, but what I'm saying, okay. So they thought he was going to hurt the movement or hold them back, right? Because, yeah, because a lot they, of people were a lot of people were in the closet because they knew that if they came out it could negatively impact whatever they were doing, whether it's your job or whatever position you have. So- He FBI it. threatened him. Right. And they called him, you know, deviant sexual behavior and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the irony of that is that he was one of the most effective people in the movement, even though they were trying to Use that against him or 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 trying to say that that would hurt the movement, but he actually propelled the movement. You see what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying.
0: I mean, they knew his significance in the movie that wasn't the first thing he so, planned yeah,
1: I guess because so, it was so like you're right. like today, looking at it from a twenty twenty three lens, it's like so what? he was so what? He was gay. but back yeah. then, that was Today he would have been
0: allowed to speak and pushed out to the forefront. Right,
1: right, right. So um,
0: But yeah, we encourage everybody to check it out. It's on Netflix. My partner says November 17th. So yeah, I think that if you get a chance, uh, try to check it out.
1: You Did you know he also has a Bayard Rustin Center in Princeton? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I do know that.
1: So, yeah, so he's finally getting his just due. So that's good to see.
2: And let us move on.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting story
1: mm-hmm. that was
0: in the LA Times, I believe. It was a long piece. Yeah, LA.
1: it was. it was, it was like I was reading it. I said, Dag, they still
0: talking about why <laughs> are black people leaving the United States? And you know, they had words for it like black sick, black sick was a combination of black and exit.
1: Mm-hmm. Exit stage yeah, left.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they were talking about places like Costa Rica, Colombia, Mexico, Mexico City. Um different parts of the Caribbean and in Ghana, in Africa. And so, uh, people are moving out because of the racism. One lady who was prominent in the article, um, said that America doesn't deserve me. She now resides in Costa Rica. Um, she has achieved her, her Zen and her peace and um they blog about you know coming over i think one of the young ladies that did so is a uh, consultant now on how to um leave the us uh, and come different places um and it's not just because of rent is cheap or the cost of living is lower um it's you know peace of mind and from what i can tell by the article this has been led by a lot of African-American women. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's interesting. Yeah. You know,
0: that can be a scenario really. <laughs> um, and, and yeah. We'll talk about that. You know, could you pick up and leave? You know, And a
1: lot of people are documenting their, their move as well. So I think if you go on social media and you see people talking about their new life in this, new country and showing all the good things about that particular country with whether it's beach beaches and nature and all of the great things that you can enjoy if you leave um it does it it makes it attractive you know when you see people creating a a new life in, in another country because they are tired of the injustices that Black people face in America, they are tired of the anti-Black policies, the banning of books, the police brutality, (laughs) all of the things that we experience as Black people in America. But to me, I mean, and and I think they mentioned this in the article, anti-Blackness is a global phenomenon. So, Any and everywhere you go as a black person, you're going to be there. And so therefore, in all of your your beautiful blackness and you still may it may be different degrees of discrimination or anti blackness that you have to face. But
0: I don't know when you go to black places, there, there might be abject poverty, it might be corrupt going on but as far as dealing with racism and you live in a place where there's nothing with people of color um, there might be some stereotypes and some prejudgments about folks that's coming on but like every day I get up and I I go five times a week I go to a HBCU two times a week I go to a PWI mm-hmm. and there's a difference at the hbcu one thing when you walk on campus it's like you don't deal with any privileges well racial privileges you might deal with aesthetic privileges and, and economic privileges and things of that nature but you don't deal with racial privileges you don't deal with racial uh microaggressions uh anything like that at, at hbcu you just definitely home compared to a PWI where you deal with things you you learn how to cope with microaggressions you learn how to cope with other things and it's just like oh man this is starting again or you see something or things statements are made and you're like it reminds you where you are. There's symbols at the institution that I attend that remind me that I'm what institution I'm attending, and then there's politics because you know just what happened at our institution when they tried to hire hire the sister from the University of Texas. So things like that exist at the PWI. We're at HBCUs. It's none of that.
1: Well, I, I don't. I don't know if you can compare. At HBCU to being in a totally different country outside of the United States, and therefore you're not subjected to racism. I mean, it's just like living in a black community. You can live in a black community in the United States and still not be able to shield yourself from racism, because you're just you're in a you're in a maybe a secure pocket. But
0: the powers that are still
1: in America. So you had an HBCU, but you're still in a racist country.
0: The powers that be in that particular community, you can look at that. The law still exists in the United States where when cops stop you, they're gonna treat one body different than the other. I'm telling you, if you move to Jamaica, you're not gonna have a lot of that. If you move to because it 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 doesn't you have that's
1: true, Jamaica or yeah, that's a black country, but
0: yeah well that's He's, what i'm talking about the places they talk about were people of color i mean even mexico mexico city is run by mexicans those are
1: people, right are <laughs>
0: you know now you, some people say hey mexicans you know they're right but they the lady said in mexico friend, yeah. yeah they you know some
1: parents anti-blackness. Yeah, yeah they have
0: anti-blackness but i guarantee you over there where you you are definitely the racial minority they're not they probably ain't going to care as much because you ain't got that type of power over there. So I'm not saying that racism and colorism doesn't exist. I'm just saying, like, the one thing, the main reason what I if I left the United States would be to be baptized in a culture of color. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of corruptness over there that you don't like.
1: And you may have an improved situation as far as racism is concerned, but there are other th- other issues that you may have to deal with, like, uh, corruption, like a corrupt government, uh, not having the, uh, the infrastructure that you may be used to having in the United yeah. States. Um, so it may look as if it's a, the grass is greener on the other side, but if you consider the totality of the circumstances, it may not actually be greener on the other side. And what? I just feel like for me personally, what? what?
0: I was just going to say a lot of, a lot of people that don't go, they're prisoners of their familiarity. That's what it is. And we all are, you know, you're used to the United States. This is where you were born and raised. And this is, you spent your whole life here. So you know, it's, Um, when you, if, unless you go someplace and live somewhere of substantial time. And when I say substantial time, I'm talking about at least six months. No, I ain't going to say years. I'm going to say six months. That's a long time to be away. That's 26 weeks of being away, um, for, and you can, you know, see how people live and how they treat you. You can go different places and see how they are. Cause I would like to live abroad for one year, but I I want when I'm living abroad, I want to teach, I want to be employed. That sounds um,
1: good. Somewhere. That sounds like um, a great to
0: situation. Say, oh, just to see how other people live. Sometimes that'll make you thankful, and sometimes mm-hmm. it'll make you eager to leave. Depends. But I well, think you
1: know, at Ghana they're uh, offering African Americans dual citizenship so that would be a, that might be a place i would consider but i don't think i could ever see myself like totally leaving the united states because i feel like we have a vested interest in this country and i feel like i i don't want to leave until i collect on our inheritance because our ancestors contributed a lot of free labor against their will and i just to make the country an economic behemoth that it is. And so, yeah, I think I'm not, this is where I was born. generations of my family have been here. This is where I'm more comfortable. And a lot of people say, well, if you don't, if, if, uh, why are you complaining about racism and all of this other stuff that is happening? If you don't like it, then leave, go back to Africa or whatever. And I just say to them that I don't see why two things, can be true here, I don't see why you can't criticize, constructively criticize your country, the country in which you were born, and also love it at the same time. Because doesn't God tell us that the Bible says, he whom God loves, he corrects, right? So you can love something and correct it at the same time. So I'm just trying to make it a more perfect union. Just, you know, so you can't just say, if you love, you know, if you, if you hate it here and you're complaining about everything, then leave. No, I'm going to stay here. can keep complaining to make it a more perfect union. And this is where I was born. This is where my ancestors were born. This is where I have a vested interest and I'm not leaving until I get it. That's how I look at well,
0: it. Well, I, I think this is what I don't like when folks are doing this. I don't think we have to compare one to another. There are justifications for both. There's justifications for staying in America. There are justifications for leaving America. It's up to you. It's your your decision. If you're I'm just
1: telling you my decision, yeah.
0: If you're if you're fed up enough you know, you can, you can leave and go places. It's not like you can't come back. Um,
1: Right. But a lot of people
0: like, you know, Stokely Carmichael, James Baldwin, um, Nina Simone, um, they took flight. They left because of the treatment in America um, and how they were treated over here. Um, And so they had had enough of that. And, you know, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I I, I like the fact that people are leaving, you know. Um,
1: what would you what What do you feel like you would do? Just you would visit or. I would,
0: have... want, I would want to. It's just like moving. I'm mm-hmm. only going to move in states like I've done it before. I've had my fair share of going to places, other states, not knowing anybody. I moved to Arizona. I moved to Iowa. I didn't know a soul in any of these places when I went um, out there. Um, But so to me now, wherever I go, it has to be a certain amount of black culture. And Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about black American culture, like music, food, so on and so forth. But I would like to go in live somewhere for a time a semester Mm. if i go somewhere and live somewhere for a semester and it's great i would consider it i would be like okay let me fly over here and live here um because i will have the means to get back
1: until Um, your power goes out <laughs>
0: what do you mean by that? What power? Well,
1: I mean, I just you mean like fr- electricity. I have. Oh. Yeah, had, yeah, I have friends that have moved, you know, lived in other countries, and they complain about things like the infrastructure just not being reliable. Like you could be on your laptop, and like next thing you know, the electric- electricity goes out because their infrastructure is not. I mean, we don't have the greatest infrastructure in the world, but <laughs> it's better than a lot of other places in the world, and you just get.
0: But that's, that's my new.
1: comforts of America but, and you go other places. Right.
0: But that's my that's my new. And like you when you go in places like that, you're going to study the infrastructures like a lot of places that you go might not be rich and resourceful. And you would understand that before you moved. Uh, but going to Johannesburg, something like that, I, I wouldn't think that would be an issue over there um, because well, you. These places are thriving. You know, there's a channel. I don't know if y'all get it on cable. It's the African Network.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: they talk about businesses. And there's a lot of people from the U.S. you know, that go over there and they start businesses and they start to thrive. I'm just telling you. And let me just make this my opinion. I ain't making it factual. But I'm mm-hmm. sure if I looked it up, it would Can People are comfortable what they're familiar with. Like, if your whole family picked up and moved to to Ghana and you still here, like, uh, you know, your family and friends moved, would you move then? Then you would be like, okay, there's more. Room. But you leaving behind too many loved ones, too many people, and you have to go make new friends. And then you have, like you just said, you have to deal with different things. Yeah. So.
1: Well, you mentioned James Baldwin. And so he moved to France. France in yeah. 1948 and he said he moved with the theory that nothing worse would happen to to him there than had already happened to him here so he said it can't be anywhere
0: well, you <laughs> gotta you be. gotta look at the context too yeah. 1948 America.
1: Right. yeah, but not a lot has not a lot has changed because seven seven decades later And the United States is still grappling with racism, with all of the stuff that I said, with black people being twice as likely to be, you know, killed by the police and all the other stuff we had to deal with here.
0: I would say this. And I know these are statements. I ain't going to sit up here and say nothing has changed. Plenty has changed since 19.
1: Oh, I didn't say nothing has changed. I said we're still grappling with the same issue. Yeah.
0: The article it's
1: definitely better.
0: The, the article mentioned that. Um, yeah. But James Baldwin today would be a welcome member of society. His yeah. issue is like he spoke out for black folks, but just like, you know, Bayard Rustin, he was uh, tormented because of his sexuality too. So it was different back then than there but I don't know back to the main part of the article you know I like the article um I like that people were finding their freedom elsewhere because to me in life it's all about reaching your peaceful peace and
1: happiness happiness. I I definitely like the idea of dual citizenship or spending a certain amount of time every year in another country. I like that idea, but I don't think I, 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 I would rather stay here and continue to make this a more perfect union, make it better. That's what I, yeah. that's what I but would like.
0: Do. This is what I say to me. I don't know because I haven't lived anywhere, but if I go somewhere and I'm like, this is way better, I would move. Okay. If I saw like this is way better, I would move. If there was a treatment in life like the HBCU treatment, like compared to what you have to deal with every day, I I, I would move because it's just more comfort and you don't have to worry about the the BS. But I would have to find that out first.
1: I know my brother moved to the Philippines and he stayed there for a number of years. And he moved there because he wanted his retirement. uh, What do you call it? His retirement account to stretch further. And the cost of living was like so much less in the Philippines. Like you get an apartment for like a hundred dollars a month, something like that. You can have maids and stuff like that, you know, house. uh, (laughs) You could get help with cleaning and cooking and all of that stuff. So. You can live large on um, a lot less money in some other countries. But again, you have to deal with other things. So it's just a choice, I think.
0: I agree.
2: And let us move on.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Oldie, Will Goody, Dance to the drummer's beat. I know. <laughs> Uh so I'm trying to add this. Here we go. All right, Marilyn Mosby convicted mm-hmm. of perjury. Wow. They said it's a fall from grace. Yes. What what say you about this topic? Uh this situation, I should say. She's facing up to five years in prison for this.
1: I'm well, that just I th- seems I like it was it five
0: oh yeah yeah five years yeah. Of and then she still has the fraudulent case going on
1: yeah it says she's facing a maximum sentence of five years in prison for each uh for each of the two counts of perjury that's ten years yeah so not yeah, too many I,
0: people go to prison for perjury
1: I know and that's what that ugh. so Marilyn Mosby. People may remember was Baltimore's former top prosecutor, and she reached uh, national prominence when she charged the six officers in the 2015 death of Freddie Gray. I know you remember that, Dr. A, because, you know, being from um, graduating from Morgan, which is also in Baltimore. and
0: the country knew about the Freddie Gray case though.
1: Exactly. And so I think that's how she became known um nationally. Um, and so I think, in my opinion, it just seems as if she was targeted because of that prosecution, although the you know the she was not successful in prosecuting those officers because i remember the case back then and i can remember thinking everybody everybody well they i can remember thinking that, that, the
0: that special on yeah moment. we
1: wanted we wanted her to prosecute those officers for freddie gray's death because i don't know if you remember but um he was suspected of uh Doing something illegal, and the police kind of chased him.
0: They arrested yeah, him.
1: They rode him in the paddy in the what do they call it? Paddy they don't call it paddy wagon. Do they call it? Pad- okay, yeah. so they roll him in the back of the paddy wagon without securing him, and they called it taking him for a what do they call it? Taking him for a, a death ride or some type some type of ride a, a tough hard ride or something. Anyway, so he's bouncing all around in the paddy wagon. It ended up severing his spine or something like that broke his neck and he and he died so she prosecu- unsuccessfully prosecuted these police officers we were happy that she did bring charges but i could remember thinking that she had overcharged the officers and that's why the prosecution was unsuccessful so i and then she also as as a prosecutor in in baltimore she she was a little bit lenient on like marijuana charges and things of that nature. She thought it was um, unproductive to try to charge people with those low-level crimes. Crimes and, so, and jail them, yeah. Right, just clogging up the justice system. So I think all of that together made her a target I think they just really wanted to get rid of her that's just my opinion because I think if you look in anybody's background closely enough you can find this kind of stuff they're saying that she um basically on a loan application to purchase properties, she lied about um, whether yeah, she like was going to be
0: going to be the person that's living in the area,
1: right? Yeah. And then also so the she took taxes. out, she took out money under the cares act. Remember the cares act during the pandemic, they allowed people to take money out of their retirement account without getting the 10% penalty. Yeah. And so she's, if you could show that you were, um, experiencing a, a financial hardship, and yeah, so, she made $249,000. Right, so they were saying there's no way you can 47. be experiencing a financial hardship if you're making $247,000. And she also failed to disclose that she owed $45,000 in back taxes. So if you put incorrect information on a federal application like that, you can be, you know, obviously, as we can see, convicted of perjury. But we all know that hundreds and hundreds of people do (laughs) kind of, you know, first of all, how can you conclude that she is not having financial hardship just because she's making 250,000? I mean, people making millions have financial hardship. So I just think this is crazy. She's trying to get her own retirement funds. It's not like she's stealing money from the public, you know, she's trying to get her own. So it's kind of like, okay, technically they got her. But my thing is, if you look closely enough in anybody's background you can find something okay, so that's the, sort of,
0: the direction you going uh, in just is, how I feel about is different than mine like too much is given much is required um i i i i won't disagree with you that they may have targeted her but she still did wrong things i don't think she deserves prison time. To me, that's asinine if she okay. has to go to prison on it. I don't that's like true. that. But, right. what, you know, it's like if I give you the blueprint to rob a safe and you go rob the safe, you robbing the safe. It's just like, you know, I know, you know, people talk about entrapment and things of that nature. I feel sorry for her. Um, but to me, she Black, she was in the Black city because it is at least it's 70 percent it might have dropped lower into the 60s but baltimore is a predominantly black city Mm -hmm. Um, it has its problems god god knows that i thought that her place as a prosecutor you know i like the direction she was going in but if you're getting pushed back because after she tried to end uh prosecute those six officers mm. cops weren't showing up to different places right you know like they were answering yeah. calls and protests and things of that nature mm. so it's politics you know and i'm sure you okay. shoot you the politics of the situation and if you're doing these things yeah best believe they're gonna have a watchful eye on you because they're right. gonna try to get you out of your situation they don't want you there right the way you're operating
1: Exactly. And And that's what I think. So we agree on that part.
0: She should have been more careful about what she was doing.
1: I agree. And I I think, you know, black politicians in general, I think, have to understand that they can't do what everybody else does. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We can't do what everybody else does. And I think that's why Barack Obama was so squeaky clean, (laughs) because he knew, and that's how we know, that they didn't have anything on them because if they did believe you me it would have been disclosed it would they would have divulged their information and so that's why they were grasping for straws that's why trump was saying oh you weren't born in the united states yeah, birth yeah the whole birther thing come to find out actually technically you can be a nat- naturalized citizen uh and and run. So you could be from another born in another country. If you're a naturalized citizen, you can actually run for president. So it was stupid, really. But anyway, yeah, so yeah. The bottom line is we have to walk the straight and narrow because they will try to bring you down.
2: And let us move on.
0: Okay, this is one of television's greatest fathers.
2: This
0: is uh
1: So oh, that's what you think it's about, huh? <laughs>
0: no, I'm just saying that's what it, he. he it, well, I don't know no if money. it's about that totally because they didn't really address that. In the article. And I was looking for that.
1: It's you know? all about money, ain't a damn thing funny. But
0: it to me, this case, <laughs> and we're talking about John Amos's son and daughter. His son name is Casey, his daughter name is Shannon. And it's like, I don't know, it's I can't call it a custody battle, but it's a battle over who should be the essential caregiver. Um, he has accused, and he being John Amos, has accused his son and his daughter for abuse but i think he suffers with dementia uh john amos he's 83 um the sister didn't like the brother the sister name is shannon the brother kc going around the country with his father making these uh videos they called them vignettes because she felt it was belittling his stature as a person and former great actor in Hollywood Mm -hmm. um but Casey thought it was fine and it was funny but she filed charges against her brother which led him to be arrested and put in jail for two weeks
1: Mm -hmm. and she had him arrested uh, for threatening to kill
0: her right yeah Mm -hmm. that she puts a threat with the rifle so it's turned disgusting and ugly Anytime families fight like this in public, and I think John Amos was like, these are family problems that we're going through. It's not for the public consumption, but it's out there. So the public is consuming it. It's it's I feel sad for them,
1: you know. I do too. But you said it's out there for public consumption. But the thing is, is that they're the ones putting it out. That's the thing. To me, it's this is like a sibling rivalry. And they're using their father's notoriety as leverage against each other. That's what I think. And like you said, it's very sad to watch this family feud in public because, unfortunately, I think it could possibly overshadow John Amos's legacy. Like you said, he's one of the most, I think he's one of the most iconic dads that we've ever seen. He's known as America's Dad. He's probably most famously known for his uh for three roles in particular. He's, he's the father as, on the
0: he, he's not known as America's Dad. <laughs> okay.
1: The father on good times, yeah. Uh Cleo McDowell in coming to America, yeah. And Kunta Kinte in Roots. Those yeah. are probably his most prominent, prominent roles. And so he is an iconic actor.
0: Oh, he played he on just, the West Wing for a long time, too.
1: Oh, you know what else I learned? Yeah. That he was one of his first roles, like back in the 60s, he was the weatherman, Gordy yeah. Howard, on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mary Tyler Moore. I forgot that. And I think that's what led him to do good times after he did the yeah. So I don't know. It's just like he was only moment. on
0: good time for three seasons.
1: I know. Isn't that amazing? And he just really he didn't like to put himself like, into stardom with yeah, that he moment. didn't
0: like J.J.'s character.
1: Right, he thought it was what? Buffoonish. Buffoonish, right, yeah, okay. he, he was like, more like a stage actor, right? So he was a distinguished but actor. But he also
0: more. didn't like the fact that they were in the projects and they weren't evolving. Yeah, it's it was like, like
1: the stereotype. You think
0: like yeah. they should have gotten out of the projects.
1: And it, isn't it funny that that was a show that I remember from my childhood? I used to watch Good Times religiously, and the thing about it is, we all hoped that they would get out of the hood. And every time they had a chance, it was like, nope. <laughs> we
0: we got to keep the show going.
1: Yeah, nope. The, you know, Keith was a football player. They were about to. He was going to become professional and make a you know big salary and they were gonna move out of the hood then he broke his leg and you know jj broke his leg and it's always something it's kind of like gilligan uh gilligan's island when they try to get off the island every time they try to get off the island the plan will fail but yeah so that's yeah, yeah And so the, the it's case,
0: the, the article is mainly about them too like shannon and casey um, don't you
1: think it's a sibling rivalry though for some reason, I
0: don't know about rivalry. Sibling rival rivalry is is not a bad thing. That's light.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, family the family. daughters accusing the daughter. So yeah, the daughter Shannon
0: accusing is, somebody of trying to murk you. They ain't no more sibling rivalry.
1: No, but I'm saying she's accusing her brother of elder abuse.
0: Yeah, yeah, but and then, said that she abused her too.
1: And then he also accused her of stealing their mom's money when she, when she passed, right? And then she said he was misusing the mom's money, making films and stuff because he's like a like some type of producer,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And so they're just going back and forth with who's right and who's wrong, and it's like they're trying to get the like I don't know get the other person in enough trouble to get them out of the picture, so that they can take over the care for their father. Like you said, who's going to be the caretaker kind of thing.
2: Yeah. She's Uh, accusing
1: him of, she accused her brother of impersonating her father, disregarding his medical needs, mishandling his finances and exploiting and eroding his legacy with these all these TikTok videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like he's just using his father as a prop in the videos because of his notoriety. You I, know?
0: I, I can't say that. That's his dad. He's having fun. It seems like John Amos was having fun. So I don't know what he's like. I'm not that cynical to <laughs> accuses like everything you know we do, we do for money. Um, it's gonna bring money, but there could be joy in doing it. Like I get to tour around the country with my pops instead of having him sit up in a nursing home, blah 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 blah. So
1: yeah, I hear you. But I like him me. also,
0: you know, going to these medical places and still shooting video of them, and then he shot a video of them talking while he was on the toilet in the restroom talking mm-hmm. to his daughter. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's it's a shame what they're doing. Um, I don't think it's going to overshadow his legacy. His legacy is too long. He's been acting for (laughs) over 50 years, um, and he's known from a lot of great stuff. So I don't think, you know, they might mention it at the end. His son and daughter had this, but it's embarrassing. They need to stop. I think they're embarrassing themselves, and I think they are embarrassing their dad names, but their father's name. So I don't know.
1: It's like a like it's like you said, it's like a train wreck because you don't really you don't want to see it, you feel bad for looking at it, but then you can't turn away. It's like we do not want to know all of your dirty laundry, we really don't, but then it's like this is John Amos, so we're paying attention because this is John Amos's family.
2: Yeah. And let us
1: move on, get it together.
2: Don't stop now.
0: All right. So our brand again is Faces Body and Soul. Um, and if those who are watching on, um, YouTube, you can see the QR code. Those that are just listening at Faces F A C E S Body B O D Y Soul Jewelry is the ig account where you can go and um select different products these are customized earrings that uh felicia york makes so check it out faces body and soul
2: and let us move on
0: So, this is kind of like a repeat of what we talked about. We shouldn't have went into it as much when we were talking about why black people are leaving the United States. So... Mm
2: So what so what so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo, here we go, yo, so what so what so what's the scenario?
0: So, like I said, this is a continuation on uh what would you do? You know,
2: okay. um
0: let's make it more interesting. You're you're offered a big job that's gonna pay you north of 350000 mm-hmm. dollars Right. And they also are gonna find a job uh for your significant other or your spouse while while you're there mm-hmm. um and let's say your kids are out of high school to mm-hmm. make it easier um do you in and, and this is to move abroad do you take that offer and go live abroad or do you still stay in America
1: I stay in America mm. Yep. Because I mean, it would have to be an offer I can't refuse. You I mean, I'm it's talking North about
0: 350.
1: I know, but that's just that's just salary. Like I'm not going to another country for $350,000. I'm not it's doing North that.
0: 350.
1: Okay, I'm not going for 500,000.
0: Okay. Why not? Because
1: well, first of all, th- Am I paying for my housing? Am I paying for my transportation? Am I paying, you know? Yeah,
0: you pay, let's say you are paying for all of that. It's five hundred thousand. Okay, 000. so
1: then it's turning out not to really be as much as it seems. Well, for... the cost
0: of living probably is cheaper. So your what you pay for your house here and what you pay for it back in whenever y'all purchased it, ninety eight, two thousand, or whatever. That money right there probably can get you a spacious place where you are, and then it's property too. Like well, you know. if
1: you're purchasing and that and because it is so you're saying you're establishing uh citizenship. Right. Well, citizenship. I don't know about
0: citizenship. Because a
1: lot of times the laws are different in different countries in terms of whether you can purchase property as a non-citizen, you know, etc.
0: Say all of that is so, copaesthetic
1: though. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm all, I can do it. I feel like I could do many things on a temporary basis. So if I'm moving there to for work five for a years. student.
0: How about that?
1: I I feel like I w- I could do that, but I would be able, I would have to, okay. So assuming that I can move my whole family, I would do it for five you, years. You as long as whole, I can maintain their citizenship.
0: You can move. Let's say your citizenship, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's just get out of that right now. I don't want you to think, I don't want that be to be the reason why you don't go to a different place. You can move your family because you're allowed to move your family. But I don't know if you will move your family necessarily.
1: I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be separated from my family for five years. My immediate family. No, like spouse and children. Uh, that's not worth so any money. your self, of
0: you. offering him the job too. Your kids are being college because I said out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, so your kids would be. Mean, in you college. know
1: what? Really, what the main, the the most important factor to me is which country.
0: Well, I, that's feel? up to you. That's up to you. It yeah. could be. It could be London. It could be Saint. Honestly,
1: Thomas. I, I like I said I I'm not opposed to living somewhere for a specific amount of time. That's five taken, years, right? For five years, I can do it for five years. Yeah. Yes.
0: So if you can do it for five years, you can do it.
1: Not permanently.
0: Yeah, you can. This is what I. This is why I made it a lot of money. You know why I made it a lot of money? Because really, the only difference is the mileage on the plane. So you got offered a big job in in New York City, right? You will go up to New York. Say your daughter goes to Howard University, your son picks University of Miami. I'm just saying they got a good baseball team. You know, um and they're at those institutions and mm-hmm. they offer your husband a job. So you keep your residence at in you know buoy maryland you can rent out your house or whatever and make more income
2: mm-hmm.
0: the only thing you're right that you will be missing is seeing and you have a very close-knit family seeing mm-hmm. your siblings and brothers that time but they also you have enough money to say hey y'all need to come over here for a couple of weeks to just right. know wherever i decided to live i think like i said to me i understand it's the unfamiliar because i have Several friends that have traveled and say and and have said they would live in different places. Mm-hmm. They would see so you. are worrying about the permanency, but my whole thing is, especially like the Caribbean. I know well, that's
1: I, what I was going to say. If there's a beach involved, that's that's well, definitely that's, <laughs> I mean, that could be that's Miami. Definitely an incentive. No, I'm talking about, but with a foreign country, if if, if there's a beach involved. That's going to be an extra you, added incentive. You can be on the West
0: Coast, you can be on the Ivory Coast of Africa, and they got beautiful beaches, from yeah. what I heard. But let good. Say what, what would hamper me? It's probably I can do the Caribbeans, even though I would be scared of the not scared, but worried about you know the hurricanes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I look at that as being okay because the flight is two or three hours, and boom, you back home. You see what I'm saying? That flight is quicker than from where I am. Well, not from where I am now, but that flight is, you know, probably like four, four or five hours and I'm back to where I am. It's nothing. People can jump on a plane and come see me. It's not I wouldn't even think about it. To me, it's like living in another state.
1: Okay. And so we got, we got you on record. Would you that.
0: okay. Well, I'm asking you, so, would you move to California if they were like, all right, we're paying you 625000 dollars a year. They're giving your husband comparable what he's making now. That's a move. That's gonna put money in your pocket.
1: California is expensive.
0: Yeah, it is, but you but you can live off of $625 in California.
1: Yeah, but I that would amount to uh, zero, uh, basically, it's a wash because I'll be living. No, the same it's not way a living.
0: wash, the living is not that. Yeah, I know people out there living that may make, make under a hundred thousand dollars.
1: Okay,
0: yeah, so you know, it's yeah, interesting. It, it it, I'm
1: not totally opposed to it, yeah, but it just, definitely has to be the right situation. Yeah.
0: See, you, 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 it might be hard for you to live the D- DMV area because that's to yeah, because you, your whole life is there. Like, you went to high school there. You went to college there. You went to law school there. and My
1: family's there. Yeah,
0: yeah. everybody, you know, basically say put. Like, to me, moving around is something I've done. I am tired of it, though. And I do like where I'm residing now. Um,
1: Oh, Houston is hot.
0: This summer, well, literally and (laughs) figuratively. Because it was burning up this summer. Yeah. So, yeah, I could do it, but. It
1: has to be the right situation.
0: Yeah, it had to be the right situation. Like if it was in Johannesburg or something like that, it would have to be the right situation. College professors don't make that much money. Yeah. So if I guess what they would do in Johannesburg, if they gave me a house where I didn't pay mortgage and they pay me what I'm making now and they gave me a vehicle, too, I'd be like, all right, cool.
1: See what I'm saying? And
0: yeah. I, you know, I ain't got to pay nothing over here. I'm good, and, and I'm right. still getting that same check I'm getting now. i will be like, yeah, I can do that.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: that's extra money. It's like making four, or 5000 extra dollars a month, really. Right. Um. So, yeah, but it, the distance would be that long plane ride. I mean, what's the longest you ever been on a plane?
1: Uh, probably when I flew to France.
0: Oh, you've been to France?
1: Yeah. I spent the whole summer in France. Yeah. Doing a so student new. exchange.
0: Where, where, you were at Georgetown?
1: No, actually it was uh, when I was in high school, like the summer after my junior year, right before my senior year, I did a student exchange program with Youth for Understanding.
0: And you You haven't been back since?
1: nope I would love to go back I was there for the whole entire summer
0: how was it
1: it was great i mean it it was it was fun uh I experiencing thought, uh, a, experiencing a new culture um be, having to speak the language because i took french in high school so oh
0: that's why it was the exchange.
1: right and so next time actually i think my french would come in handy if i Stayed in an African country because there's a lot of French-speaking African countries. And it's amazing how quickly you pick up a foreign language by living and being immersed in that culture and having to speak the language, and you just start to pick it up. Right.
0: The survival. Yeah.
1: So Mm -hmm.
0: that's good to know. All right. So it for both of us, it just depends on the situation.
2: Mm And let us move on.
0: Admiss like keep it keep on.
1: So today I want to talk about Birmingham, Kentucky. So this I had mentioned this uh, in the last podcast where there are a a list of actual black towns that are buried under lakes across the country. Last week, we talked about Oscarville, Georgia, which is buried under. Lake Lanier. So today, I want to talk about Birmingham, Kentucky. Birmingham, Kentucky. And again, drowning Black towns was another form of ethnic cleansing that was used to take away Black generational wealth and make Black area whiter. Drowned towns, as they were called, are towns and villages flooded by the creation of dams, destroyed by the advancing sea, or washed away in floods and never rebuilt. One of these such towns, again, is Birmingham, Kentucky. In 1929, Birmingham, Kentucky had approximately 600 residents. This was a black community that was self-sufficient with two schools, two hotels, multiple general stores, two wagon and blacksmith shops, five churches, three grocery stores, two millinery shops, and a drugstore. And I know what millinery is because I'm into hats. So that's basically a hat shop. And all of this now is underneath the Kentucky Lake. And when the lake is low, the streets of Birmingham are sometimes visible. Birmingham, Kentucky, another Black town buried under Kentucky Lake. Our little known Black history fact.
0: All right.
2: And
0: let us move on. All right. Our last plug of the day is everyday black men. Um, They discuss topics from the viewpoints of seven different everyday black men from the latest in pop culture to black thoughts and relationship problems. There is no topic too controversial. It's Apple Podcasts. You can check it out. It's everyday. It's everyday black men.
1: Sounds good.
0: Yes, it does. (laughs) And let us, oh God, hold on one second. A little technical difficulties here.
1: Look like you're multitasking.
0: Nah, nice. i having internet problems. Uh, okay, hold um, on. We are going to get to our. Oh, uh, hell no. <laughs> In one second. Okay. Uh, all right, well, let's just go. It we're not gonna have a picture up there, I don't believe. Okay, we having freezing problems over here. So, without further ado,
2: and let us move on.
0: Oh, hell no! Oh, hell no! Yes, so I all hell no goes to Darius uh, Jackson.
1: Mm-hmm. No, uh, no, no relation to me.
0: It, Kiki <laughs> Palmer Kiki Palmer um filed a restraining order against um Darius. And um it was sad granted. situation that has happened because we have uh we talked about them earlier with the Usher concert
2: going mm-hmm.
0: on in mm-hmm. this it is something else that happening that is poor. So um, look on their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just hope everything works out for the both of them, and that everybody's in a safe space, and they can live uh, either happily together or happily um, apart.
1: Well, she got this restraining order because she was being physically abused. Mhm. And I hate to say I told you so but I told you so when we talked about them earlier. I said this guy is insecure. You could tell by the way he reacted to her out having a night of fun with Usher. I knew he was insecure and I say he was manipulative because he said what mother is going to be out dressed like this and ridiculed her and humiliated her publicly. And I just thought that that was a punk move. And so I'm not surprised that he turned out to be abusive, physically abusive, because that manipulation to me was emotionally abusive. And so it's not a big leap to go from being an emotionally abusive person to a physically abusive person. So again, I'm not surprised that he's turned out to be this abusive person to her. And I'm glad that she got the restraining order and I hope that she's able to also get full custody of her son, her eight-month-old son, so that she can protect her son from him. Because he actually, she had to intervene when he was changing the baby's diaper and he started, he got frustrated and started to get like physically rough with with their son so you know she has plenty of evidence to show that he should not be able to have access that kind of access to their son if he's going to be physically abusive like that so yeah so i think it's you know definitely an oh hell no that he's going to try to be abusive to the baby and to her but then you know, I'm glad that she was able to to protect herself. You know, get this restraining order and you, protect. You, you cut
0: out a lot. You know, while you were talking, my computer went totally. Oh, down I did. It oh, came okay. back up, but I, I I was filling in. Um, and we apologize for that.
1: Oh, okay. No problem. Uh, you
0: were talking about the um
1: him being abusive and manipulative. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So continue
0: I mean, on with that. Cause you, you were saying what, like you yeah. knew that this was a part right. of his behavior. This would be a right. part of his behavior.
1: Right. Cause when we talked about it before, I said he was insecure for um, calling her out just because she was having a night out of fun, of fun with her, with her girlfriends and at the Usher concert And I I knew that he was being manipulative back then when he said, you know, no, uh, uh, this is not how a mother should dress and behave. And I just thought that that was trying to discourage that kind of behavior, trying to basically discourage her from being herself, basically. And so, and I thought it was manipulative. So like I said, I thought that is equivalent to me to emotional abuse And so it's not a big leap for him to go from being emotionally abusive to being physically abusive. So this is very unfortunate, but it's not surprising to me. And I'm glad that she got the restraining order. And I hope that she gets the full custody of her because I think she filed for uh, full custody of their son that's eight months old. He's eight months old now. So I hope she gets the full custody because, you know, she talked about how he was, uh, Darius Jackson was changing their son and actually got like physically, she, he got um, frustrated with changing the diaper and actually like jerked the baby around, you know, um, because the baby wasn't cooperating or whatever. And she had to intervene and and take the child away from him. And so somebody with this kind of temperament maybe shouldn't be around the baby, you know, until he can get some type of counseling and help so that he can control himself and maybe have supervised visits with his son. But I think she's right to protect herself and her and, and their son.
0: Yeah. I don't know the gentleman, um, but he doesn't seem to be emotionally stable at all times. And I think that comes with emotional intelligence I, I don't know him to say he doesn't have it or not, but mm-hmm. these incidents, because they, they're they caught on tape, like photographs of him striking, well, seeming like she's about to strike him and then choking her. So right. um, anybody who reacts physically like this is not ready to be involved in any type of relationship um, because they feel like they have a right to put their hands on another human being, which they don't. And until you can get that clear in your your head, then you have to, even if she does something that is very disturbing to you, if she doesn't strike at you, you can't strike back at her. So I hope, like I said in the beginning, I hope this works out for the betterment of both of them. And like I said, they can't be happy together. Let them be happy apart.
1: Indeed. I concur and
2: let
0: us move on all right so this last one is the black hustlers club and i'm gonna let my partner take this one
1: no you're not no you're not what you say I'm not privy to this information. The black husband
0: cup with the little, the kid. The, you said this is what black excellence is about.
1: Oh, you're talking about, hold on. Wait a minute now. So you're t- speaking of the scientists.
0: Yeah. The little scientist.
1: Oh, okay. I was about to say, okay. Oh wait, where's the link? <laughs> Child. I Can't believe you
0: said that out loud.
1: Chell. Entire- okay, so basically, this is a 14-year-old genius, basically, who invented a bar of soap. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. He okay, his name is Heman Bekele. I think he's Ethiopian, but anyway. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's a 14-year-old genius, and he invented a bar of soap to treat skin cancer, and he was awarded America's Top Young Scientist. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is amazing. (laughs)
0: so the instagram is black hustlers club if you want to go to it um it shows uh, different ways african-american youth <laughs> and all the people are making money that it's the black cool. hustlers club <laughs> and i did it again <laughs> <laughs> their buttons on a different page all right y'all thanks for riding along with us today on potlicker podcast um let's go over we did our three plugs product, lifetime, uh, brand, faces, body and soul, jewelry, and podcast, Everyday Black Man. Um, Our wow for the week was, let us be enraged by injustice, but let us not be destroyed by it, by Bayard Rustin. Um, Our for what's going on was Bayard Rustin's, why black people are leaving the United States, Marilyn Mosey convicted on two counts of perjury, and the John Amos family debacle, um, we talked about Birmingham, Kentucky and our little known black history fact and I, all, all hell no went to Darius Jackson and we gave it up to the young black scientists that you can find on the Hustlers, Black Hustlers Club Instagram as always we want to thank you for hanging out with us And we always say at the
1: end. Thank you, everybody, for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always, in parting, we wish you love, peace, and knowledge to feed your soul.
0: Knowledge to feed your soul, y'all. Keep it up. Peace. We'll see you next week.